If you would turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs chapter 29. Proverbs chapter 29. I did have a, heard a really good one uh, yesterday from Ben Shapiro. It was pretty good. But I won't tell it to you. Because <laughs> I want to get into the word. I want to preach. And you may not like it. Proverbs chapter 29. Let's go ahead and pray over the word. Lord, we come before you this morning, and uh, Jesus, we just thank you. Thank you so much for being able to get together as family, just for the freedom to come into a building, and it's got heat, and it's got working plumbing, and just all the things that we just don't even think about, Lord. We get to serve coffee with one another, and uh, just have fun and fellowship, and uh, love on one another. Thank you, Lord, for that, that we're not standing, that we're sitting, Lord, that we have technology to be able to broadcast. Father, thank you, Lord, for all the things, Lord, that you bless us with that we just don't even see or acknowledge on a regular basis, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for them. You're so good to us, Lord. So, so good to us, Father. I ask you, Lord Jesus, just to bless, Father, and uh, Lord, I just pray, Father, that I would, uh, that you would help me to preach the word that you have anointed, Lord. Help me to preach the word that you have anointed, Father. I don't ask you to anoint my sermon, Lord. I ask you to help me to preach what you have anointed, Lord, so that I get those words out, Father. Lord, you're open to preach what you want, Lord. Holy Spirit, and as I usually do, Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would preach each sermon to each person that you desire, Lord. I thank you, Father, for touching their hearts. You're our teacher. Speak to us from your word, Lord. Lord. Thank you, Father, for it, and we pray in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, guys. So I don't know if you've noticed yet or not, but we are in an election year. Has anyone noticed? For a while there, I was getting this robocall, and I spent, it was leading up to the uh, November of last year, and I think I got, it would ring my phone all times of day or night, for six months, and I would block one number, and then it would come in, same area code, just slightly different, you know, anybody else have that, okay, so I I got that, and it died, after November of last year, I was like, thank God, it's no longer calling me, well, it just started calling me again this week, and I'm like, am I going to go through 10 months or 11 months of this thing calling me, Lord bless them, whoever they are, I bless and curse not, Anyway, it is an election year, and I wanted to share with you about politics. No minefields here at all. No, I, I do want to share with you, and I've, I've, I have two titles for today's sermon. You can choose whichever one hits you most. most uh, one would be our response to an election year, and the other one would be to how to survive and prosper in an election year, okay? I want to share with you some things uh, that the Lord's placed in my heart, that it is 2024. We are in the middle of a major election year, and this is how I survive it, and I want to share that with you, and hopefully it will encourage you uh, on things, practical things you can do to uh, make it through this year without uh, losing your faith, your family, your friends, um, or anything else, okay? 
Number one, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. It says, where there is, this is, I'm reading in the ESV, by the way. It says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Where there is no prophetic vision, I love that. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed or happy is he who keeps the law. Let me just dig into this verse a little bit. Because number one, I would say the first thing you need to do before you get into or try to survive or do anything is you need to know your personal vision and direction. What has the Lord said to you? You've got to know that. Because if you're basing it on politics or what you see or social media and you're riding that roller coaster, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a roller coaster. And it could be a wild ride this year. So to be able to stand is you've got to get off that roller coaster and stand on what the Lord has said to you, what you know to be true. The King James of this verse is the way I remembered it, uh, memorized it as a kid, um, that where there is no vision, the people uh, perish. And that word vision, I looked it up, and it is, it's actually a prophetic vision, which I love the way ESV kind of expounded upon that and said that. And what that means to me is, because uh, it means to me of you have God's eyes for a situation. If you never have God's eyes, then you're just stuck with your own understanding, other men's understanding, and you're walking around with the blind leading the blind. Having God's eyes for a situation allows you to take stands, to speak truth, to pray and to intercede, to be able to say no in boldness, because the righteous are as bold as a lion. It is critical for us to have God's eyes, prophetic vision for our lives and for what's going on around us to the level that the Lord gives us. So prophetic vision, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the law of first occurrence. It's a way of studying the Bible and you look, you take the, the word, whether it's Greek in the New Testament or, or Hebrew, basically, in the Old Testament. And you go back and you look at all the times it appears, but you look at the very first time it appears. And it kind of gives you an understanding and it sets the, you know, because a word, all that is, is a, is a concept. It's an understanding that you need to get. And we use a word, a sound, to depict that understanding. But each of us have different understandings sometimes for the same sound. And so we have to go back and dig what was God painting the picture of when this sound was pronounced. Okay. Basic ling linguistics, uh, right? Linguistics? Yep, okay, great. So uh, here you have, and it says, where there's no prophetic vision. That first time that word prophetic vision appeared, it appeared in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. And it talks about where Samuel was there ministering before the Lord in front of Eli and his sons, you know, in that time. And there was, the, the, the vision from the Lord was rare. It was rare. 
Most of the people basically just lived and did whatever they thought was right. They worked within the level of their own mind. But very rarely did you have what the Lord was saying and speaking into the situation of how he actually sees it. The God view. The God eye view. Okay? And so what, what's recorded here from Solomon is he's saying that uh, where there is no God eye view in the situation, the people don't know what to do, so they just throw off anything that will hinder, help, encourage, keep, keep them safe. Whatever that is, they throw it off because they're wandering around blind. But he says here in verse 18, which I love, he says, but happy or blessed. That word blessed is, is happy, it's joyful, it's like woohoo. So blessed is the one who keeps the law. And I love that word keeps. That keeps is unique. Okay, because if you go back to first occurrence, it's in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, where God said to Adam, I want you to work and to keep the garden. I want you to work and to keep the garden. It's basically this concept to, uh, um, man, the word just popped right out of my mind, um, to, cuckoo. I know it sounds like uh, steward, there we go, steward, to steward the word that the Lord has given you. So when you get prophetic vision, no matter what's coming out at you, you begin to decide, how do I steward what God has said to me in the middle of this? Instead of, oh man, oh no, oh yes, whatever that is in riding those roller coasters, it is, the Lord has said to me, how do I steward now what he has said to me with all that's coming in, good, bad, ugly, beautiful, wonderful, whatever it is. Stewardship is important because if you don't know, for example, very practically, if you don't know about finances and the Lord hasn't spoken to you about you and your finances, are they his, why he's given them to you, how do you care for them, the principle of giving and generosity, the principle of, of saving, all these different things. That he's, if you don't know and all of a sudden you get dropped on you either a $1,000 bill or a $10,000 inheritance, you're going to ride the waves of those, good or bad, and not know what the Lord has said to you instead of stewarding well, the Lord is my source, so because I lost my job, I know the Lord is my job. He is my source, so I may have lost a source of income, but I know that the Lord will provide for me. Because I am stewarding the situation based on the word that I know, the prophetic vision. In the same way, Lord, I don't know why you've given me this $10,000. Speak to me so that I, I steward it well. Should I put it in savings? Should I give it to someone? Should I split it up? What should I do with this, Lord? And you're stewarding instead of just, woo, party, everybody in my house next weekend. We're having lobster tails. King crab, right, Dennis? King crab. Point being, we're in an election year and things are going to be thrown left and right at us. And we have to know what the Lord has said to us so that we can then judge and steward whatever happens and whatever is said. 
It doesn't have to rock our boat. That's from that old song. For some of you younger folks, don't rock the boat, don't rock the boat, baby. You know that, that. Anyway. Anyway. So what happens when you get older? Things just pop into your head. And Now, how do you have a prophetic vision? Well, I think first and foremost, you, you ask for it. If any man asks for wisdom, James 1, the Lord is going to give it to you. He can give you that insight. And then number two, you grow in that vision and you walk it out. And how you do that? Well, it gets tested and you screw up and you ride the wave and the Lord says, hey, remember I told you this. And you begin to be built up in the trust of knowing this is what the Lord said and I can stand on it. I can trust the Lord for this. And it's coming out of what you know out of your own being, not out of what someone has told you. You have your own testimony. Okay? Some people get caught up in this because they're like, I, I don't know how to hear the Lord. I, I don't know what the Lord said to me. I don't, I don't know what I should be doing. And they get caught up in this, this terrible trap that kind of spirals them down of what? Let me just... Uh, you know, we're charismatic, so this is a charismatic church, so we're real big on hearing the Lord and prophecy and all things like that, you know. But it's, it has to be balanced and it has to be truthful. And I can honestly tell you that the Lord speaks to me only about 1% of the time on things that I need to be doing. And about 99% of the time, it's all about being. Whether Don't fear, trust. You know, uh, be a man of character, do what you know is right, love. You know, it's all about being and not things that I'm supposed to be doing. I think when we're younger, we really want to hear those doing things because those doing things are easier than the changing of the heart. Uh, I just saw yesterday, I think it was yesterday or the day before, and I had seen something in December, and then I, I, I again saw it, so... In December, I saw an article. Uh, they were honoring my third grade teacher. She was 102. And they were honoring her. She was 58 when I went through her, her third grade class. And they were all talking about how what a wonderful woman she was and how great she was and just uh, ministered and loved on so many kids and things like that. Uh, not to speak ill of her, but my experience was completely different. Uh, I would say my third grade year was probably a year of hell. And she daily made fun of me, called me out, and made fun of me. Every single day of that entire year. So it was horrible. So my memory of her is not nice, you know. And so when they were doing this, I was like, Lord, this is a long time ago. And he said, but you still have stuff in your heart unresolved concerning her. And I need you to deal with it. That's not about doing, that's about being. And I was like, okay, Lord, I don't want, Lord, I, I choose to forgive her. I choose to let go. I choose to just give it into your hands and not, you know, not worry. I just choose to put it under the blood of Jesus. I found out later on, she, she died later on in the month. So I found that out yesterday that she had died like a week or two later. Uh, she had gone on to be with the Lord. And uh, even when I saw that, I still was, uh, just the tinge came into my heart. So in the morning on the drive-in, the Lord and I were talking about it. And again, I just, you know, Lord, I choose. I choose to let go and forgive. I know she's already gone. 
but I choose to let go of those situations that happen to me and just put them under the blood of Jesus. That's what I mean about the Lord speaking to you because that's the stuff that puts your feet down strong and builds the character to be able to stand. It's allowing your heart to change and allowing the Lord to build that within you. Having that prophetic vision. So what is my prophetic vision? I'll tell you what it's not. My values are not dictated by social media. They're not dictated by news, to the best of my knowledge. And I allow the Lord to speak to me. Anytime I find myself going, ooh, I have listened too long to this set of news, therefore it has skewed my value. I don't want it to be. I want a prophetic vision from the Lord. First and foremost, I am his son. First and foremost, I am his son. Secondly, I am a husband to my wife, who he has given me. She is going to be and will be probably the longest relationship that I have in my entire life. I'll have people that will come and go over the years, but now we're already 27 years together. I've been uh, longer with her than I was alone by two years. And I expect to probably hit 50, 60, 70, 80 But, so, that's important to me. I love you guys, but she's up there, you know. And that's my identity with the Father. And then it's with my kids and my immediate family and now my grandchild and grandchildren. I have full expectation. My son, sons-in-laws, when they all come, I call them. Come on, guys. Get in here. Beautiful daughters. Part of my prophetic vision is maintaining relationships with them, serving them, loving them, teaching them, honoring them, uh, doing what I need to do to love on and protect them. In the same way, the Lord has called me here. So part of my prophetic vision is ministering to you guys, serving you, lifting you up, praying for you, being willing to get up in the middle of the night when the Lord puts one of you on my heart and interceding for you. Caring for you, wondering about you, doing everything I can within the Lord's strength to take care of you. That's prophetic vision. That isn't affected by who's in the White House. I can let it if I get myself so engaged in politics that all of a sudden, you know, I'm beating you guys up because I'm frustrated about what's happening. That's my point. You've got to know your personal vision as things are coming in so that you can judge it and put it in its right place. Number two, if you're following my weird line, this is the number two major point, not number two small point. Number two major point of things of how to survive and prosper in an election year. Understand that Jesus is bigger than the government. Put Jesus in the right place. Okay? I can tell you stories of how Jesus uh, showed himself bigger than the entire Russian government. Uh, some good friends of ours were in China, and they needed a visa. And um, the Lord maneuvered things so that certain people were out of the office, and other people were in the office who didn't know what they were doing, who approved the visa. 
over the holiday so that when the main guy came back, he act, literally took up the passport and threw it at the person in anger because he's like, I would never have approved this, but it's already been approved, and threw it at him. Because Jesus is bigger than the communist government. And he's much bigger than whoever's in the White House. And the moment we begin to put Jesus under whoever is in authority of like, Oh no, Jesus, what are you going to do? So and so has power. Jesus is like, guys, if I'm really worried, I can. Just like I did with Herod, he, he can die instantly and be eaten up with worms. If I'm really that worried at this moment. So you need to trust me, know your personal vision, and trust me. Don't get freaked out. Okay, we lose our faith, we lose our strength. Good questions to ask. Who decides your trust and obedience to Jesus? Who decides your trust and obedience to Jesus? It should be you. If it's not you, then you're letting something manipulate you. You're giving something power that does not have power over you. Who decides your trust and obedience in Jesus? Whatever that would. Sometimes that uh, is uh, fear. I'll, let, I'll just move on from there, but... When uh, come on, Jesus is bigger. You know, we walk through a COVID response. We walk through several years of a COVID pandemic response by people in authority, and different people in authority reacted different ways, and we had to navigate that situation and it was not easy but if we kept our eyes on Jesus we figured out a way around and by keeping our eyes on Jesus it basically gets down to the very lowest level of I don't understand why they're doing what they're doing but I choose to love them because Jesus loves them and I'm not going to throw them away because we're handling this a different way Sometimes in politics, politics are all about your vision for the future, what you see, and your ability to have power to lead out in your vision. And whether or not you're willing to justify the uh, end justifies the means, or whether or not the means justify the end, you know, character comes out. But understanding when it gets down to it, at ground level, at the very basis, it is about us loving our neighbors and understanding that Jesus is bigger than the immediate situation. And I choose not to give the immediate situation the power over me to dictate my attitude toward Jesus and my attitude toward my neighbor. And that's not easy, but it's the truth. And it can be walked out just holding on to Jesus. So no matter what happens this year, let's remember Jesus is bigger than whatever the situation 
is. All things work together for the good of those who love God and walk according to his purposes. All things work together for the good. Okay? You guys still love me? And I even haven't gotten into the hard stuff. Woo! Woo! I would hope that in this process, if you get this down deep in your, in your heart, you can really spread, spread hope and be a light. You know, and encourage people. Because if they're riding the waves, it could be, uh, for whoever, it's going to be a tumultuous year. And it could be back and forth swinging. Oh, my word. Woo! And uh, for those that are riding it, we just need to help them and say, okay, let's, let's get off the roller coaster and let's look at Jesus. And point them to the truth. People are looking for stability. And stability comes through Jesus, through a trust in him. Okay, number three, big number three, ways to survive and prosper in an election year. Pray. And I mean really pray. So Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing except elections. I don't know how you can walk out Philippians 4, 6, and 7 if you are watching and following the news constantly, and not just following like I know what's going on, but following like, oh no, oh I've got to find out about this, oh I've got to, got to look and see that, that anxiety, oh, oh what's going to happen, oh it's going to get worse, what if this happens, or what if that, that whole anxiety, you can't, it's awful hard to walk out Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing, and how is because you're actually praying about it, you're giving it to the Lord. You're saying, Lord, this is the vision that I have for America, but I put it in your hands, Lord. This is the value that I'm hoping is brought out by our federal government or our state government, but I put it in your hands, Lord. I'm going to be a light, and in my area of influence, I'm going to speak these values, and I'm going to walk out these values. I'm going to advocate for what I believe in my heart in love, but I'm going to advocate for it, but I'm going to put the rest of it in your hands to be able to walk out as you desire, Lord. You know that requires trust, which makes it hard. I get it. I want to encourage you to be motivated to pray by Jesus and by faith, not by the news and fear. Okay, guys, we got to pray because the whole world is going to hell in a handbasket. We got to pray. Well, are you praying because you're afraid or are you praying out of a prophetic vision the Lord has given you and you are standing on what the truth is and you're declaring it? I know that's not always easy, but that is the place of strength. And we are an apostolic called movement here in our little tiny church where we are carrying God's prophetic vision everywhere we go. And we're learning, and we're learning how to stand and to, and to pray and press in and go, okay, in my world, Lord, I want to see your kingdom come. I want to see your will be done. I'll pray, Lord, let your kingdom come and your will be done in Washington, D.C., but I want to see it walked out here with me. I want to see it in the lives of my family. 
I want to trust you, Lord. When they face situations, I want to know, Father, how we can navigate through this situation and see your glory. You know, God has an answer for your specific situation. God has a, a course of navigation through your specific situation. And if you grab a hold of him and get that prophetic vision, and you see him bigger than the situation, and you pray and you seek him, he will lead you and help you navigate through, and you will see the victory of the Lord. That's how you're an overcomer in Christ Jesus. It isn't just a title they throw up there that you can throw up on a cute little graphic on Instagram. I'm an overcomer. It's really overcoming in the situations where people go, I don't know how you do it. You know, how did you go through that and not lose your faith? How did you go through that and not be so discouraged? How did you make it through that situation? And you say, I don't know. I, I held on to Jesus and I just kept moving forward with him. He would show me his light lamp is a light unto my feet and a light unto and a lamp unto my light. Well, anyway. Psalms 119, 105, I think. And he showed me, and I just took a step. You know, when I personally was navigating the COVID situation here as a leader and trying to figure out what was truth, what wasn't truth, what's an overreaction, what isn't a reaction, how do I handle when uh, half the people want to go this way and half the people want to go this way? I had, you know, I've told you, I think I've told you guys all this before, where I, I had in, in like one day, one person come up to me and say, uh, it, it's a disgrace, basically, and you aren't loving people if you don't have everyone mask up and six feet apart and maybe even cancel church. And then the exact same day, someone else come up to me and say, it's a disgrace and ungodly if you do not ignore all of that stuff because that shows a complete lack of faith. And I'm like, what do you do? How do I get these people to love each other and not throw out their Christianity over a guidance about a pandemic. It's not easy navigating this stuff, but there is a way through. And Jesus is able to. I'm not saying that 2024 is going to be an easy year. I, man, I would love an easy year. Take, send me, Lord, to the islands. Come on, man. I may come visit you, bro. It may be a hard year, but at the same time, it doesn't have to be a bad year. Because when you have prophetic vision, you can see, Lord Jesus, I want to see, okay, I, I see for today. I'm going to walk in today. Today's things going on, but I'm not riding that roller coaster. I'm trusting in you. I'm seeing you, Lord Jesus. And I'm, call, I'm, I'm praying and believing, Lord, I pray, Father. I pray for this situation, Lord, that your good and your perfect will would be done, Father. If I'm up in the middle of the night, honestly, if I'm up in the middle of the night, what I'm praying over you is, Lord, I, I sense the vision that you have for this person, and Lord, I pray that their eyes would be open and they would be able to grab a hold of what you're seeing in this situation, that the lies of the enemies would be exposed and that they could hear your voice and it would settle in their heart and the peace that passes all understanding, Lord, would raise them up and they would be able to take a stand and declare, Jesus, I trust in you so that you come into victory. Pray. Number three is pray. 
Number four, and this is the, four, the, the last one I'm going to do today. I have more that I'll get into maybe next week unless the Lord totally changes it and I can be released from this subject. <clears throat> Number four, I would say as we uh, uh, navigate and learn how to survive and prosper in an election year, Number four to me would be value unity. Value unity. You know, Jesus has this funny thing where he really values unity. And Paul mentions it a lot. You know, we, we, we find these unique ways to justify disunity. But in actuality, he, he, he does. He values it a lot. Uh, 1 Corinthians, I'll throw some out, and you can write them down if you want, and you can look at them. 1 Corinthians 1.10. 1 Corinthians 1.10. Romans chapter 15, verses 5 and 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. <laughs> Philippians 2.2. 2. <laughs> Ephesians 4, verse 2 through 6. John chapter 17, verse 20 through 23. Those are just the uh, New Testament. But he says it over and over again, guys, that you would be in unity. Now, unity doesn't, and this is the catch here, unity doesn't mean that you agree on absolutely everything. But you stay in agreement about what's important. And you agree on what's important is above the other stuff. So I can pick any subject, and I can choose through that subject to get rid of you if you disagree with me. And I will elevate that to a higher, okay? Uh, red Russian borscht or Ukrainian borscht? Which is better? Uh, well, I'm sorry. If you don't know, you have no place with me. You know, I, it can be absolutely ridiculous or it can be very heartfelt and come out of, of situations that you've experienced, you know. And it can come out of that emotion from what you experienced. For example, if I jump back in, and Lord, Lord bless Miss Rigsby, but if I jump back into, I could say, if you say Mrs. Rigsby, my third grade teacher, was a nice lady, I don't want to have anything to do with you because I had a bad experience. So unity is, disunity is elevating that situation above what Jesus said to me when he said, love God, love your neighbor, love yourself. Woo. Unity doesn't mean that I have to say, oh yes, she was a wonderful teacher and everything was great and everything was wonderful. That's not unity. Unity is I understand you had a great, and I'm very glad that you had a great experience with her. I had a hard experience with her. It was partly my own fault as an eight-year-old, partly her fault because she was older and probably tired. You know, but I choose to forgive her. So I can be in unity with you and not let that divide us. Okay? So there, at some point, we have to take off our party hats, whatever party hat we have, I mean political party, not like, uh, woo, you know, my party hat. You know, I'm like, I'm sure David has party hats. Take off that party hat and put it down and relate to each other from who we are as believers. That's first and foremost. 
I, I read a, a really cool book. Uh, I thought it was cool. And it talked about how to win the West, how the West can be won again. And it mentioned five main principles, main beliefs of uh, the, the, the church under the Roman Empire, what distinguished them from average Romans. And uh, there, two of them are, and I, I should have wrote them down. This is off the top of my head, not prep. Otherwise, I would have written them all five of them down. But two of them are pretty staunch policies of the Democratic Party. And two of them are pretty staunch policies of the Republican Party. And there's one that's not really staunch of either party. And so, and I've heard it said, you know, I've heard... Uh, well, I'm a Democrat, and these, this is what God does, and so you Republicans, I don't know how you can even be a believer. And I've heard it said, well, I'm a Republican, and this is what God does. So I don't even know how you Democrats, there's no way you know Jesus. Because Jesus is Republican, or Jesus is a Democrat. You know? And actually, Jesus is none of the above. And you can honor and go, you know, I really like... The, these things that you do, I, I like that. I can see that. There's other areas that I have personal problems with because of X, Y, and Z. Or I see what you're doing here, and I really appreciate it and honor it, but these areas right here I think are wrong, and they need to be more like this. We can have those discussions without ruining relationships and throwing people away. Do you want to know the one that, that neither one has? It was the ability to forgive and love regardless of where they were politically. So are we going to walk that out? Are we going to walk that fifth one out? In 2024, regardless of who's in the White House. Ooh, I'm going to hold you to that. So practically, I would encourage you, don't Fill your lives full of dread. Don't spend your days filling your hearts and minds full of dread. Because if you do, it'll be a lot harder to walk out unity. Because all you think about is an, a biased explanation of why everything will go to hell if that person is elected. Instead of, well, they'll, take, they'll do this and they'll do this, but, you know, it will balance out to some degree in the end. Okay, I survived. I survived this. You can survive 2024 and you can prosper. Let me just pray over you. And, uh, uh, yeah, let me just pray over you this morning. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this beautiful body and just what you're doing in our hearts and what you're doing uh, first and foremost around us, Lord, and uh, uh, in our states, both uh, Missouri and uh, Kansas, Lord, in our city, Father, uh, in this nation, Lord, in this region of the world, Father, and worldwide. Jesus, we know that you have plans, desires, uh, things that are going on. You understand things greater than we do, Lord. We weep with those that weep, Lord. We re rejoice with those that rejoice, Father. We desire your kingdom to be established, Father. Your goodness to be established, both uh, 
personally in our own lives, Father, all the way up through every aspect of political realms, Lord. We know, Lord, that all authority is established from you, Romans 13. So, Father, we ask you, Lord, for your good and your perfect will to be done. Lord, let your good and your perfect will to be done, Lord. Father, if you place something on our hearts to be vocal about, Father, may we be vocal, but also be loving to those around us, Lord. May we be vocal and fight for what we believe and what you've placed on our heart. But Lord, may we also be loving. May it come out of kindness, Lord, I pray. Father, help us in this uh, 2024, Lord. Father, your word says in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. Lord Jesus, it begins to us, and it begins with the land that we stand on. So, Lord, please come and heal this land, Lord. Show us, Lord. Reveal us. Give us a prophetic vision. Help us to walk in holiness. Deal with areas of our hearts, Lord. Cause us to change and be conformed into your image, Lord, to bring you into the area where we are. And then, Lord, lay it spread and fill this nation and the nations of the world with your glory, Father. Thank you, Lord, for it. We pray in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.